Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hey there, everybody. Uh, it's great to have you back. And we are here and ready to go again. Um, last of winter this week. That was kind of oh, weird. So annoying. What a shock that was to the system. But yeah. anyways, back into the springtime and ready to rock and roll. There's sunshine. and I'm ready to golf. Ready to golf. Mm-hmm. Big time. I, I guess so. I got board games showing up that are finally shipping. Oh, I know. Me too. So exciting. I'm also ready for that. Yeah. So board games, games and golf. Two years ago on Kickstarter, that would just show up <laughs> yeah. a year ago, and then yeah. the oh, world so happened. True. So then the world happened, and nothing. Everything got delayed. So the first one I bought is still not ready to true. ship. True. The, yeah, the very first one I bought is still not even close. not even close. No. Like, um, they're just getting like production samples and stuff. Yeah. It's so crazy. Uh, so nuts. Uh, oh, listen to us. It's like a board it. game podcast. Hate it so much. All right, uh, what do you want to talk about today? Okay, so let's talk about uh, one of the, we had asked for some ideas from different people, and one of the ones that came up was communion. Mm. And the hard part with that is Love like- Love a good church snack. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was a snack. Some days you just want to mow down. Well, it used to be better when like, we had like the big loaf of bread. And, and you, you just, just ripped a chunk. Rip a chunk out of her and then- but now it's a little cracker. Oh, anyway, Sheesh. it used to be, yeah. Anyway, okay. Let's what it used to be. Okay, to... so let's not, maybe that's where we'll start. Um, because no, there wasn't a whole lot of guidance. People were just like, let's talk about communion mm. as a topic. And I'm like, well, how, like. Church snack. Do people not know what communion is? <laughs> or is it like what communion has become that they want to talk about? I would not be surprised. Okay, well, easy as enough for us to talk about the second, but. I would actually not be surprised if it's the former because I don't know. Does it get talked about enough in church or like, is it one of those things that like zoomers are just like looking at it and like, Oh, this is just one of those weird ritual things that have been handed down. Could be. And they're not really understanding the full context or like importance of it. It could be, it could be too the fact that um, we basically have, like if my parents left the church, yeah, right. So the, the boomers, Yep. left the church and the Xers were like, if their parents were on the, the sidelines of leaving church, then a lot of Xers did leave. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get to your generation and the generation behind you that don't even have any church background. Yeah. Like when we talk really, about David and Goliath, either, they don't know David and Goliath right? or Moses, or they think Moses is Noah or Noah is Moses. Right. Well, that's like, a tough one. But yeah, I guess. <laughs> The one starts with Some M and one make starts that with mistake sometimes. I know we okay. do. I know we do. I know. I know. Um, so I wonder, it could be that we don't know what communion is. And then it could be a response to uh, questions in our past. So we want okay. to start with why and well, what. Well, I think we should start with the, the first what one. What it is and yeah. then why we do communion. What it is and why we do it. Okay. Do you know why we do like, okay, so what is communion? Communion is bread and wine, or it's become a wafer, um, small little breaded wafer or cracker. Um, And then, you know, we had to put the gluten-free options in there that, so that people could participate. 
And then we, a lot, some churches or many churches have moved away from wine to grape juice. So they're not using alcohol uh, that would, you know, could possibly upset somebody or trigger a response to something that they've come through in life. Yes. Uh, so we don't want to do that. So then you have, so you have bread and grape juice or uh, your gluten-free cracker and your grape juice. Right. But why is it bread and wine? Because uh, it goes back to when Jesus was celebrating the Passover yep. with his disciples and he's, they were doing the Passover and he, he tore the bread. So they had unleavened bread as part of the Passover mm-hmm. uh, meal. What so does that mean? Unleavened? Unleavened. It means there's no use, no, no yeast. So it's like flatbread. Hmm. So like, and uh, why is that an important thing to mention? Uh, or why mention it? Why that it's unleavened bread? Yeah. Uh, it goes all the way back to the Passover when the Israelites left Egypt. Because we always had, like growing up, we always had leavened bread. Oh, yeah, and this nice, fresh-baked right? loaf that you walked in the church, you could smell. So it's funny that, like, we still continued to, like, say that language, like, make that distinction, but then we didn't follow it. Well, we, we took that out, right? Because it's no longer the Passover, it's now communion. So then it became bread and wine. And then on so the what, night, so what was if you the read importance from, of the distinction of unleavened? Uh, so it was important for the Israelites because it showed that they didn't have time for their bread to rise. Oh, they were to make bread the, with no oh. yeast so that they could just bake it and be ready to go in the morning. Right. And so the idea was that they were to take the bread and the wine. It was a quick meal because they were, they were to ex, they were to exit Exodus. That was already a symbol symbolism of when they left Egypt. Of when they left Egypt, and it was God preparing them for, um, for Jesus, right? So right. it's a symbol from Egypt way back in Deuter- in Exodus wow. of the bread that was broken, the the lamb that was sacrificed, and then the meal eaten in haste. So it's a symbol for a symbol. It's a symbol, yeah, right. of them being delivered, and so it was bread eaten in haste with a quick quick glass of right. wine and it was enough to sustain you and get you on the road right. to be, to be ready to go and come free from your slavery. Didn't have time for it to sit and watch it rise and right. come to some fluffy loaf. Right. But then, and then Jesus shows up and, and John, he's like, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread you eat. Mm-hmm. I'm the bread that sustains and nourishes you. Um, and then he gets the Passover dinner with, he celebrates with his, his disciples. And he's like, this is my last supper with you. Right. I won't eat this bread again because I am the lamb. So you won't participate, like you won't do this again. But when you do this, when you do this annual remembrance, remember, do it in honor of me. When you gather, break bread and drink wine. And remember that I am the lamb and I am the body that was broken for you. Right. So... Let's actually back up a bit here. Sure. <clears throat> Did the Jews at the time celebrate Passover? Was that once a year? Yes, it's annual. Okay, so at that Easter. was once a year, what our Easter is. Yeah. Um, and that was then celebrating their exodus from Egypt. Yes, it's the Passover meal that was instituted in uh, Exodus yeah. by Moses to say, this is what you eat. 
right? And then they put the blood on the doorpost yep. and they ate that meal right. in the morning, be ready to go. And you eat this meal with your right. coat tucked in your belt. And so the, the Jews continued to do that once a year. Continue to in do that. Remembrance and then. They still continue to do that. Right. Okay. So then the Last Supper yeah. was also on Passover. It was Passover. Maybe you missed that. Something to remember. It's, right. He sends his disciples to into town yeah. to prepare the Passover meal. Well, I guess I didn't miss it because, like, he died on right? Easter, which find, is the same time. But find yeah. a guy with a donkey and ask him, tell him the teacher needs the upper room. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. they go to this magical upper room and they have Passover. Right. And remember in the upper room, that was a restaurant in Drayton? Yeah, I do that remember. Was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Shout out if you're listening. I think it was based on that, though. Yeah. I'm, anyway. I know that's what okay, it was. Okay, so we've got... So now we're at so now Last you, Supper. Jesus says, This is this my bread. body. Okay, yeah. Simula, he, symbolizing my body. Right. And then he passes the cup. This is right. this is my blood. So he's saying, for you. Forget about what you it was symbolizing. This is now what it's going to start symbolizing. Right. He's changing the symbolism. Right. Meaning. Right. Yeah. So, the, so it's okay. not just this is the blood that was shed for your deliverance. Yeah. It's now, this is my blood. That's a big you. moment. Cause that would have been a huge moment. Like there's a lot of things he said and did that would have made, but have been tough for Jews to accept at the time. That's a pretty big one. That's a huge one. <laughs> it's not just like, this is, like, this represents the lamb yeah. that was slain for you. It's like, this is my blood. Yeah. Like that celebration you do once a year or like remembrance time you take once a year. I'm changing it. Right. Oh, yeah, we'll just accept what you say, right? Like, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's not really saying, tough. not saying that they're justified in stoning him and killing him and all that, but... Um... <laughs> no, I don't think they're justified, but there's definitely but a understand. lot of angst. <laughs> yeah, I can sort of understand why that would have been hard to accept. But anyway, the disciples had no problem. What are you, uh, you going to read me now? Well, this is... So then we get... Past that last supper to Paul, right? Right. And he's giving instructions in Corinthians to the Corinthian church. Okay. And he goes through, this is, um, these are things you need to correct. These are the questions you asked me, right? And he goes through the first eight or nine chapters mm -hmm. of teaching them and answering their questions and saying, oh, this is happening amongst you. Stop doing this. Start doing that. Mm -hmm. Care for one another. Live sexually pure, stop eating food, sacrifice to idols, care for one another, get rid of, you know, clean mm. up your act. And then he starts to teach them like, so when you worship, this is what you should be aware of. And you have spiritual gifts and you should pray this way. And then he gets to chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15. And you often hear this read at, uh, I should probably switch to like something you're going to be familiar with. ESV. Here we go. Yeah, so your storybook version. So, yeah, I was reading it from the storybook, but I'll switch back to the ESV. Thank you. So 1 Corinthians 15, uh, maybe chapter, or verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and he raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Right? And then he appeared to the many. Um, and then, so that's, that's all that happens. And then he talks about the resurrection of the dead. And then he goes on to teach them about the resurrection body. Uh, and then he kind of talks about um, death being defeated and all that. So we, we often come back to this chapter uh, 
when we talk to talk about communion and the idea that um, I'm not seeing in the verse I want to right away. Okay. It's not popping out at me, but we talk about this, that, that he was betrayed. And so we take the bread and we take the wine and remember that every time. Yeah. And that was the whole point. And um, so that's why for the Christians, it went from being an annual celebration of communion to a, every time we gathered. When you gather oh. and you take bread and wine together, yeah, do this in remembrance. Right. Remember the body and the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So that became in my Bible chapel brethren interpretation, right? They wanted to read the scripture properly. Mm-hmm. So that meant every time we had church, we had communion every week growing up. Right. So there was always a, we called it the communion service. They called it the worship service. Right. And it was done in a certain way. It was very solemn because you came to remember to eat and drink and take the bread and the wine together as a, as a group. Okay. Really cool idea. It's easy to become very traditional then, very practiced. Whereas in some traditions, they do it once a month in their churches, or they do it once a quarter in their churches. Wow. So then when they have communion, it's this special event. Right. Um, I really like having it week. I liked having it weekly. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I think growing up, we had it weekly in like the early service, but once a month in the later. I don't know why, but. I wonder, and I'm just thinking out loud here. I wonder if that's where the idea of saying grace came from, the idea that I, at every meal, when you gather, mm-hmm. do this in remembrance. Yeah, because that's not like in the Bible, is it? No. So I wonder if that's where that tradition came from, of praying for the meal. Because we've gathered together, let's do this in remembrance of right. what God's given to us. Right. So, well, saying. and then, okay, so I have a lot of things I want to bring up, but um, around communion, we'll come back to those in a second. The idea of breaking bread together now... Um, at least I, I've seen it kind of portrayed in the modern church as like, it doesn't have to be this formal idea of communion, but like just to sit down and have a meal with your fellow Christians and like the meaning of that, that there's something behind that. Is that along that same lines? <clears throat> is that like a modernization of, of like the ritual of communion? Um, yeah. I, I don't know enough about the history. Like I don't know if what Paul's saying, it sounds like when they gathered, uh, as an early church, they would often have a meal together. Right. Right. Because he says, some of you are coming early and eating every, all the food and getting drunk. Yeah. And then some are coming later and not getting anything. Right. He's like, wait for those people to show up. Don't be getting drunk. Okay. So they'd probably get together, have a meal, but then they would start that meal by symbolizing a breaking Right. They bread. would probably break the bread together and well, they pause. would have had bread at every meal probably. Right. And wine. Like, they would so have things they could make back then. <laughs> right. And wine was common, right? Yeah. It was just like when you gather for your meal, right. stop and remember the sacrifice, the blood and the body of Christ yeah, yeah. that was given for you to be, have true life. Right. And so I think some churches, some of these emerging churches have done that. Like they've made that meal the center of their of their community, mm-hmm. whether it's a communion meal, whether it's like we come together as a community in union, communion, Whoa. in that community of union mm-hmm. around this meal, 
remembering God. And so that's probably where it's come to that point. Right. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there that I've done over the years, read on communion and importance and symbolism. I think more than anything, it is really important to be a corporate remembrance right. of that sacrifice. Just like Passover was a corporate remembrance mm-hmm. of, the sa- of the salvation of God. Right. There's more to the story, too, that we could dive into about, because um, he, <clears throat> while he's doing the Last Supper and the breaking of the bread and stuff, he talks about betrayal, right? And, like, the disciples betraying him, and um, there's obviously symbolism in that as far as us and our lives and choosing sin and um, all our imperfections. Or am I just drawing blanks here? <laughs> well, I just, I think you're off topic of communion then if you're... Really? Like you're taking the whole last meal. Well, I don't know. It's all Because like right he stops there. and he teaches about the Holy Spirit. Right. There's things that are part of that meal that are more even, even more important than what our culpability is mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. The fact that Judas is present for that part of right. the dinner is amazing. Yeah. He says, the one I share this cup with, and he passes the cup to Judas, right? The one I break bread with, right? And Peter's yeah. like, do you mean me? He's like, Peter, Peter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if only you knew. Yeah. Right? Like, the beauty in that dinner is that all 12 of them are there. It's not the 11. Right. It's just cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So then how do we include the one that we feel is, is that betrayer or the sinner in our lives? How do we include them in the communion, in the community? Yeah. Is there room for them? There's a lot of symbolism. Oh, huh? it's, it's unbelievable. Okay, so let's touch quickly on this. Um, we often get questions regarding what is the difference between like Catholics and Christians? Okay. And we tend to give a pretty blank Ooh. statement of like, from our point of, from a Christian point of view, uh, it's like nothing that really matters. But from a Catholic point of view, I think the, there's a handful of um, like meaningful things that, that make the difference. Um, so just to, I don't want to expand on that too much right now, but <clears throat> quickly, because I think communion is often one of the points people like under, know is different. Um, and ask about what would be the difference between how Catholics view communion versus, I don't know, Protestant. Yeah, there's something really um, uh, beautiful in it and also mysterious mysterious and very super (laughs) difficult uh, from an, uh, how do I say it, a modern Protestant take on communion. It's right. really hard. When you're used to a little communion cup with grape juice in it and in this wafer on top, it's so different. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not a practicing Catholic. I, I don't know all the ins and outs. Uh, we should probably ask some of our friends that are recently moved into the Catholic oh, yeah, faith to be a part of this conversation. We should conversation. get that kid on this, on we should this get, pod. Eh? We should like, get that kid on here. That would um, be a good at, Write that down. I, okay. Episode. Okay. Idea. Okay. All kid. Yeah. 
don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I just wanted you to briefly explain so the what maybe happens it's a big is, discussion. I don't so know. There's a there's a word called transubstantiation. So what they that's not a word. Yeah, transubstantiation. Like a, <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> is that the body, the bread, and the wine literally become the body and the blood of Jesus? Like right, we actually partake of his body and his blood. Creepy. Uh, yeah. A little bit. But um, like more and more I'm seeing, I don't know how it's to word this. Um, I want to say evangelical, but what I mean is like modern Protestant. Mm. Uh, uh, modern Protestant orthodoxy, people that have kind of grown up in that Baptist, Presbyterian, uh, Pentecostal, modern wave of Wesleyan that are like, wow, when you read the Bible, it does really sound like communion has that power of actually becoming the body and blood of Christ, that we actually are partaking in his physical suffering and presence. Okay. So is it metaphysical or is it metaphorical? Right. I don't know. But that, that is the Catholic practice, that it's, it's a metaphysical change. Yeah. That when the priest prays and, and consecrates, sets apart that host, it's called the host, that it really becomes the body and blood of Christ. Right. And then when you take communion, you're taking Jesus within you. Right. We often hear the word Eucharist. Where does that tie into that? The, the Eucharist is just a, another term for the... the the body and blood. Okay. The good charis is body. And okay. You is good. It's it's Greek. So it's like communion, but like after it's transfigured. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's but, the good body. It's the good body of Christ oh, that okay. includes us. Yeah. Right. The Eucharist. Okay. Well, it's a little weird for me. It is. But that so that's that that's kind of that mystical aspect of yeah. of the Catholic Church. When you start to look into the, the Catholic Church, there's a lot of um, yeah, steps of mystic faith yeah. that really take you to a place of and ritualistic faith, right? Like that are sure it I, can are easily become for sure. ritual. But so does so does our weekly communion in I don't, a Bible but I don't chapel. say ritual in a bad way. I say in a good way. Okay, like I say it as in like a like I I admire it at times. Like right. I think it's something to like to like latch and attach to, and I think that that can be important especially for some people like we that might be your your pathway your sacred pathway right and like right there's something really um divine sacred about that ritual yeah yeah where you stop like i was saying to julia even just this week like there's something there's something that i miss i would love to participate in and i've done it i've done it at camp yeah it's something i've done at camp where you come and somebody actually gives you the body and the, the bread and the wine mm. together, the bread and the juice and says, this is his body broken for you. And actually like puts it in your mouth. Like you're completely humble before the priest as he holds the gift of God in his hands and, and places it within you. Yeah. I it's can't just, get past the weird, like, why would we be eating his, his body part? That's what I don't get. I know, but it's, it's just a, it's, it's biblical. 
it's in the s- stupid Bible. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh yeah. it's not stupid, anyway. but I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what do I do with these verses that yeah, just, yeah, for sure, uh, cause me to stumble? There's, yeah. there's these verses, right? Right. I've sat down with my friends that are Catholic and they'll say, but Terry, until you partake of Holy Communion given by a Catholic priest, you're truly not saved. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I think you've misread that. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. That I but wasn't going to go that far. I can far, also but... appreciate where you're coming from when I read the Bible and yeah. that's what you've, how you've been raised to understand that passage in the Gospels. Right. And I guess that's where I kind of mentioned before like, <clears throat> we don't really care. Like we're sitting, how you choose to view that, whether you view it as the actual body or not, um, Eucharist or not or whatever. But, and there's other issues that are similar like this where, but then some Catholics or most Catholics would say like, no, you have to, otherwise you're not fully saved. Really interesting. Um, they make it salvation issues, which I find. Oh, it totally. It, I yeah. think it's completely not, but anyway. To me, it's not. Yeah. And that's probably why I'm Protestant. And not Catholic, right? (laughs) Because I protest that that is how you read that. Wow. Is that actually what that is? Yeah. Do you just like make up connections or are they actually, do do they pre-exist? No, I both make them up and they pre-exist. They pre-exist, so I take them to an extreme. Okay. That's probably a closer interpretation of what's just happened. Um, I heard an interview with Francis Chan last year. Oh, uh, so he had moved to Hong Kong, left his church and moved to Hong Kong. Okay. Then there was visa issues throughout the whole COVID process. His family's returned back to the United States. He's meeting in a church out West, uh, wherever he's landed. And they're really wrestling with this idea that, uh, in the last 200 years, the pulpit has become the focus of the church. Mm. Everything, all the pews, everything focuses towards the pulpit before that. It was the, the Holy Communion that was the center of the church, Okay. right? The Eucharist was the center of the church. Jesus was the center. Right. And the pulpit was off to the side, and you got up and you gave a homily, which was a short sermon, uh, and, but the whole focus was on worship and the Eucharist. Right. And so now he's like, they've... They've put their church in a circle with the Eucharist at the center, with the bread and the wine at the center. Right. And they're really exploring what does it mean to be a a community equally centered around communion. Right. With Christ at the center. Hmm. His death and resurrection, his body and blood shed for us that we might have life, that we might be set free, that we might be freed from slavery as the center of they're gathering. There's a really interesting uh, picture that they're exploring as a church. I don't know a whole lot about it. I haven't, That's interesting. I haven't pursued it, but I know that he's talked like, this is where we're practicing. We're not, we're not focusing on a sermon. I'm not preparing sermons. I'm not, we're still having Bible studies and we're still having holy discussions and just, and theological discussion, but it's not centered on that on a Sunday morning. Hmm. It's come back to the communion. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Sorry. I'm Other good. questions. So that's kind of the what and and why we do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or right. in our churches. It's different, right? Because to the Catholic, it is life. Right. 
to the to some denominations, it's that weekly reminder that I've been saved and I am set free from my sin to stop and recommit and rededicate and to re-participate in the cross. Right. In other traditions, it's like we do this on a quarterly basis. It's it's a production that needs to be done and a remembrance. Mm. And so it gets its own solemn service once a quarter or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, often we have an extra focus on it when we hit Easter. For sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> because for sure. that's where it all started yeah. um, or originates from, I suppose. And uh, so the Passover, yeah. Yeah, with the Passover. So I think it's just good. We did a little reminder about it this week. But um, I don't really, like, I think there's more we could dive into it with. Like, we could really, you know, pull apart some of the passages and stuff. Um that's not really the road I was thinking we'd go. Okay. I remember back when we talked about Advent, there was a resource sent to me. I think Dusty gave it to me, but um, I can link it in the either the Discord or even in the podcast notes here on this episode. But it's basically just, a, I think it's a book, but it's a PDF he sent me. Um, reads pretty nice. It's colorful. Okay. <laughs> pictures. Anyway, it goes over like Advent, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, which is like the, it's the church calendar and the seasons of the church calendar. Um, and it has like, you know, multiple chapters on each and it goes through like all the weeks of, of like Advent and the weeks of Lent and the weeks of Easter and um, all that stuff. So, and within that, it explains, I think, each thing and different verses and I haven't read it, but it looks like a really good resource. So um, maybe I'm completely off. But <laughs> anyway, I think it's something really worth looking into if you want to know more about the church calendar and these um, seasons of the church calendar. I think maybe someday in maybe next year we go, we'll go through it um, more in depth or go through some of that stuff or do a few episodes on it. But um, we've kind of just scratched the surface when we talked about Advent and we've talked about um, communion slash Easter a little bit and so there's a lot, there's a lot more there just within that topic of um, seasons in the church calendar, or otherwise known as holidays, <laughs> in our current society, that <laughs> they still like to take our Christian seasons and turn them into holidays. So uh, it's just funny to be every year this year more so than others, where it's like we're all taking Good Friday off, and everyone's just like Happy Easter. It's like what are you even like saying to each other? Like, do you not? recognize this at all like do they just like they just turn a blind eye like i think if they were truly asked they would most people would know it's a like religious holiday at the very least um but they just want the day off and <laughs> they don't fight about it right like i know like some people probably think it's about bunnies and chocolate but that's i don't think anyone really thinks that at the core so no and and we're right <laughs> in the middle of ramadan right yeah there's like that if we're talking about too, holy yeah holidays like we're, we're in the middle of ramadan at the moment which is Ramadan's the holy nutty. month of of oh yeah of uh <laughs> crazy. of islam mm -hmm. yeah we'll get into that another time maybe okay yeah let's do that <laughs> any other um, questions like how do we do communion like it's well i guess like yeah like we kind of mentioned everybody like, does it different i've talked noticed. about you said juice versus wine and we talked about big um Chunky loaves Chunky of bread. Chunky loaf of bread versus a little wafer cracker that I don't even taste. I mean, there's different ways to do it. Does it really matter? I don't think so. Like, 
I've had it done here at camp where I was like offended at first because I was like, this is how you're supposed to do communion. And then I was like, wait, does it really matter? Like, no. Um, and that's where I kind of was getting at with the whole like just like sitting together for a meal. Like, does there have to be this like special bread or loaf or cracker designated in juice cups? Or can it just be like the chicken that we're having for dinner in our in our drink? And like we just we acknowledge before we eat together, like acknowledge this communion together this communion community union <laughs> nice um i don't know that it matters bread and the bread and wine is a nice like is a really simple symbolism that really does resonate for a lot of people yeah i'm, I'm i definitely don't think we should get rid of it i'm not saying like oh it can just be anything and you don't have to have that i guess i more think like I guess I was wording it in the sense of like, we, we know what prayer is, but often we forget that we can like just pray while we're driving and listening to the radio, we can send up a prayer. Right. And like, so in the same way with communion, like, can we do communion more often in less formal ways, but still maintain those like other, that like ritual and like symbolistic way at the same time. Right. Like I'd love to do communion in that symbolistic ritual way at, at church once a week, but there's no reason that, like, then on Sunday night, if I'm having dinner with, like, church friends or family or on a Wednesday night or if my, my missional family meets from church on Tuesday and we have dinner together, that, like, we're not also celebrating communion then, right? And it, just in a different way. And I think that there's room for us to maybe add it in in a less formal way. Yeah, I don't see it happening very often. No. Like, it's not, like, something we think about. Like, when we right. get together... When we gather with um, the staff in the summer for a teaching time, we don't stop and have communion first. No. When we, we sit down for a meal no, at supper time. We eat every meal we together. Just, right. We eat every meal together, but we don't stop and, and, and remember the, the death and sacrifice of Christ right. at every meal. But we pray for every meal. And that's what's interesting to me is like, I would find it more meaningful. And this is just personally a personal opinion here fully like i find like the quick throwing up a prayer before a meal often feels very um fake like plant i don't know like forced and it's like what are like pointless and like just like oh we just gotta do this because otherwise like god will be mad at us so, like god will be upset like as long as we just do it and we don't even if we don't mean it like it just you know what i mean like yeah, is it, is, as long as i just say god thank you for the food like my heart doesn't have to be in it at all we're all like happy that i said it it's like come on like that's obviously not the point so it's like i would rather see here i'd be glad to like have a quick 30 second acknowledgement of like communion style of acknowledgement um just and, as well like instead of a prayer like what's that's just as good to me if not better it should be, I, like, instead of grace, which is the grace of God, right? Mm. We stop to remember grace. That's not how it's done. Mm -hmm. Would you say grace? It sounds more like I'm the one causing the blessing rather I than stopping to be. No idea where the word blessed grace comes from in terms right. of prayer. I have that right. completely baffles me. And I think that's the issue is <laughs> that when we stop and we throw up that quick prayer, it has nothing to do with communion. It has nothing about being grateful. Right. There's no. 
or maybe it does to some people, or at times it does, like especially Thanksgiving, sure. and you're like, oh, I'm just so full of thankfulness. Yeah, that, for sure. That's gratefulness. And that's what's funny is the prayer before Thanksgiving meal always feels so much more meaningful, or Christmas, or Solemn, Easter. right? right? It this feels like wait. this one we actually mean. I'm <laughs> like, actually thankful like, today for this. Yeah. Yeah. Like yesterday's dinner was like, well, you throw together all, your... thanks for the meal. Croissant sandwich at camp. You're like, man, I love croissants. Yeah. Croissant day is the best. <laughs> but like, yeah, but I'm not stopping to pray and say, wow, right. this is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Well, and like to, I don't know, sometimes it's like we, we really like are thankful for the materialistic part of it. And it's not, it's not about symbolism. It's more of like, not that this is wrong, but like, especially at camp, we're often like, oh, thank you so much for the food and the cooks that have made it and like that we're blessed with this food. And it's like, well, those are like good things to be thankful for that like we have macaroni and cheese because it's so yummy and that we have these people who made it for sure. us um but go tell them thank you like i don't i don't like like I, <laughs> like I think there's something different we're being thankful to god for like i think that's just more of just like that's the time when you take that moment like that's just like the time it's not that you're like we're not supposed to be it's not about praying to god in that moment for what he's done it's about or about praying to God or about the meal for what he's done. It's about taking the moment before you have that meal because that's just like that time where ah, you take that breath during your day, right? Like you just slow down and stop and you're about to enter that that communion with people and then you, you take that moment to appreciate God, I guess. It would be interesting though, wouldn't it, to have like like a small loaf yeah, that'd be and, cool. and a goblet of wine yeah. that sits at the centerpiece of that serving table mm. for the entire summer. Mm. Just to like pause and remember that we do this in communion and we come together in unity because God has saved us. Yeah. Like even, I, even just I like every dinner, right? Every dinner. Or or have it, yeah, every night. We we bring it out. Yeah. And instead of praying, we just we break the bread. And we pour the wine and then we have supper and just yeah. for a season to stop and say, or even with your family to stop for a season and say at every dinner, we're going to do this. Not that we're going to drink this wine mm-hmm. and eat this bread, but we're going to break it together and we're mm-hmm. going to fill the cup that was yeah. poured out for us. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, that's a really ch- like that thought is a challenging thought for me. Like, what would I do with my family? How would that look? Would we take turns drinking the cup? No. But to have it centered in our meal, in our... I would often... So that would be way more... I'm a visual guy, right? And so that would, like, fully remind me to take that moment to actually appreciate, like... I'm so bad for like praying before I eat. Like I never really do it. Like if I'm alone and stuff and like that would, but that would really set me in that, like at least get me in that mindset or like have the, the thoughts um, be there before I start my meal or before I start that <clears throat> process, I guess I would definitely like grab the, I don't know if I would drink from the cup, but I would like probably grab a piece of bread as like a part of that, grab a little nibble. It's a that part remembrance. of that remembrance, right? Yeah. Like, um, we're doing that. That's happening this summer. Oh, so. <laughs> that, it's, a, it's a really neat idea. Like even just this, like there's so much about it that's sensory, right? Yeah. So you're a visual like. learner. Yeah. But even for the person that comes in and the smell of the wine or the mm. smell of the broken bread. Are you talking real wine or are we going to juice? 
I don't know. Probably do juice. Nice. We need to find a goblet. We'll just do some right? really some fermented kind of, gross juice. So growing up, <laughs> growing up, we a went to the goblet for sure. First okay, service. No, but drinking from the same cup. Did is you gross. have that? No. Oh. Well, I I've seen it, and I went to like Wallensee a few times, but like. No, oh, we didn't yeah. have to do it. No, that's what we had to, uh, like, you... Grubby, man. Oh, grubby. So all the youth sat at the back. Yeah. And you're like, I'm I'm sitting at the front. Yeah. Like, thanks anyways. Communion day, get me to the front of the that's room. right. And when I'm at communion, I'm sitting in the front row. Just putting my mouth in this cup and not actually first sipping time. it. That's right. Oh. oh, yeah. Something else. That's where an area where I'm like, I don't think it's... Personally, I don't think it's an issue that we've decided to split it into many cups. <laughs> I don't think we need to physically have our lips all in the same cup, but I'm sure there's people that would argue the opposite for It is very tactile. It is quite an experience, isn't yeah. it, that I drink from the cup that you drink from, that we all drink well, from I don't, the same. I don't hate it in like a family setting or like if, if at the camp if we, if we did a cup on each, like, group, each table. Able just shared that cup, like pass it around. I don't hate that idea as much. Like it's not as weird, but like for sixty plus to like, you know church has like five hundred people sometimes. Like you, that's too many. Hard pass. <laughs> so now it's done usually where it, it, they dip the way like they oh, dip that's the bread cool too, into actually. the cup and then the the um the priest serves it. Right. To okay, well, that's you. what we'll do, minus the priest part, because we're not I, Catholic. You're but ordained. We'll just do it. Priesthood of all believers hey, now, Zach. If you want to partake physically in this, you can just pass by and see it, or you can grab a piece and dip it if you want. This is what we're going to do. Okay, this is awesome. <laughs> you're so. That's so. Wrap cool. it up. Anything um, else? Um, let's see. Just that centering of. I was thinking about the centering of our churches around communion. How that's kind of lost. It's lost right. in our. Are, um, again, I, I think it's lost in so many of our current traditions right. because it's become a monthly or an, a quarterly thing rather than that regular remembrance. Yeah. But we, we have to have, we have to have a sermon every week. We have to have, uh, you know, music every week. We have to have, I don't know, whatever it is that we have to have, yeah, but down, it's not I'm down not to have a sermon every week. So I, I know, but I'd be bummed not to have music every week. Yeah. I think most people would, personally. but yeah. Well, that goes back to our conversation about worship. Does. I think worship really, music really does work in within worship to bring us to God. But that we, again, this is the same thing. We don't need to be in church to pray. We don't need to be in church to worship. Right. Like everything we do, this podcast, our, our working, our... Uh, our time with our family, our time driving, all of it should be worship. It should be done for God's glory. It is interesting that like we never have time for that worship to become more than what's planned, right? Like with a sermon, like if a pastor decides he's going to speak longer, he's just like allowed to. He just does it. If the Spirit's moving him or he just feels like it or one week he plans a longer sermon, that's just it is what it is. You don't really get that flexibility with worship or with the music. That's, I don't, why not? Why can't we be like, when we be like, hey, you're only speaking for 10 minutes today because we're doing seven songs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's become its own service. Like right? you said, it's become that Sunday night service monthly that, right, that but, has become that thing. Yeah, but I guess why, right? Like, why can't we do once a, every two months even where we do songs and two sharing times for five minutes? Like, we doesn't even have a sermon. Like, I don't. Is that less beneficial? I don't think so, but 
No, I, 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 I would completely agree with you. I don't think it's less beneficial. I just right. think it's just the way things have come. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a lot for now. But yeah, that, <laughs> I guess that's where we can get caught up with our communion. So that would be communion. Why, what, how? If you haven't participated in communion, you should. Yeah, um, for sure. You should learn to Here's make it part thought, of your regular though, practice. Actually, sorry, I was going to be done, but this is a question I have. Okay. So when I was growing <laughs> up the church, originally I wasn't allowed to take communion until I don't know what the point. My parents just did, didn't care anymore. But for some people, it wasn't until they got baptized. For some people, it was a certain age. For some people, like it was a declaration point or whatever. Like what... Is there a point where you shouldn't at some point? Is there a point where you like, then you can? And what is that point? Biblically, there's no point. No. Like there's no line. I no, there's say. no line. Especially if you're gathering to eat a meal, right? You're not going to leave your kids without any food. Oh, yeah. Um, but so why, I don't think there is a line. Did you have that growing up too? Like where you saw that around yeah, you at least? Yeah, and like... we had to explain what it was for our kids. And our kids are like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then at a point they were like, I want to participate. Right. I understand what it is and why I'm doing it. And we were like, cool. Right. But before, until that point, I guess you probably just said like, just pass it on. You don't need to yeah. take, you don't need to take bread for now. Exactly. Right. And often I would pass it too. Right. Like if you're not participating, I won't participate mm, for your interesting. sake. Okay. Um, it, it's, it goes, doesn't mean that I haven't stopped to pause and remember and reflect them. It's like you said, I can see it there. I'm I'm visually well, reminded. Well, I'm, I'm physically the, in the yeah. presence. I don't need to taste it. Right. I don't need to tactile handle all this stuff just to be a part of the community. Right. Well, because there lies the uh, the whole like heart issue behind it, and you can do this with many topics. But you you can have someone who doesn't take it and doesn't touch it and doesn't taste it and still like partakes and has their heart in it and is praying and is like thinking and remembering and whatever. But then you can have the person beside them who is taking the bread and eating it and taking the cup and drinking it. And they're just sitting there and they're just doing the, the physical part of it and they don't have their heart in it. They're not praying. They're not right. And like, which one was better or which one not better, but like, which one's the correct, like, it's not just about the physical part, right? If anything, it's, that's not really the point at all. I'm also not worried about who's staring at me going, oh my goodness, did you notice that Terry didn't take communion <laughs> right. today? I think the like, point yeah, of, well, he's the, a sinner. The point of the like, physical aspect is that for many of us, it just helps to get you into that mindset and into that place, right? For sure. It's like that trigger reset or like, I don't know, anyway. Yeah, it's that, that time of remembrance. It's that time of, of confession and, and gratefulness. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it can't be coking a hot dog, mm, right? Like, yeah. it's not any less communion just because it's bread and wine or coking a hot dog if it's done in remembrance of me. Right. But you, when you gather, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Cool. And I think that's, that's the key that I would focus on with communion is the churches that are gathering around a meal and that that's how they're focusing and they're calling that communion. Yeah, great. If yeah. it's done in remembrance of Jesus, if it's done for that glory to to pause and to say, this was the lamb that was sacrificed for us, that I might be set free, that I would have life. Like, there's so many things there. Very and cool. then why would we exclude someone from that? Right. Why would you want to be excluded from that? Come and participate 
in the meal of the of the the groom, right? Of the, uh, come and participate in the wedding feast of the lamb. Yeah, this is the feast of the lamb. So why wouldn't you want to be there? That's that's just awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I, I yeah I think. Oh, there's so many places you could go with this. Theologically, you could engage in so many different directions. But really, it's, it is something that is done on a regular remembrance, and it should be done in community. For sure. Yeah. No, that was good. Cool. That's it. That's all? That's it. That's all in communion. Do you have other topics you'd like to touch? Any, anything you guys, like, that you think people are wrestling through or... I don't have anything else for now. Um, Think about it for next week. All right. Thanks, everyone. We will chat with you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.